Amanda is my weirdest friend. And we say that um, with a lot of love. And I think what that kind of leads into for me is Amanda is is unapologetically herself. I've never found with Amanda that I've had to put on any kind of front or hide how I'm feeling for better or worse. (laughs) Um, And she was one of the first people I was like, wow, I don't have to try with this person. I can just be who I actually want to be. And she not only accepts me, but like loves me for all of my faults and everything. And it's because she's so weird that she acknowledges that in, in everyone else. She just accepts people, which I think is a pretty rare thing. Welcome to Between Friends, the podcast exploring the role friendships play in our day-to-day lives. I'm Camilla. I'm 28 years old, uh, born in London, and currently live in London. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm 28 years old. I was born in Washington, D.C., and I currently live in New York, but having a short stint in London with my husband this summer. Our guests today are Camilla and Amanda. They've been friends since meeting in their first year of university in California over 10 years ago, and since have seen each other through continent changes, job changes, and a marriage. When asked how she'd describe Amanda, Camilla said, weird, by far the weirdest of all my friends. (laughs) So they seemed like exactly the kind of people we wanted to share a bottle of wine with. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really great to have you here. Thank you. It's great to be here. Very excited. Um, So, obviously, we've got to start at the very beginning. Um, Tell us how you first met and what were your first impressions of each other, if you remember that. I think you should go first, because I don't really have a vivid memory. (laughs) Well, I just remember it was kind of at this time, freshman year of college, and Facebook was just really picking up, and it was like, you know, right when everyone was on social media. Um, So everyone was kind of in a friending fury. Um, Everyone was friending everyone and trying to meet everyone on different dorms, Um, and you would kind of be mingling in our different uh, houses and dorm rooms. And I just remember this very bubbly blonde girl just m- popping up in all these different friend groups. Um, and then kind of not friending her on Facebook, but like stalking because let's be serious, we all stalked. <laughs> and just seeing this black and white image, sassy image with a magenta pink dress. Oh my God. <laughs> and like a modeling photo. And it was like a white background. And I'm like, who is this girl with like, like I think it was like teal heels, like stiletto heels <laughs> and like a magenta that. pink outfit. And I was like, what is this British? Like, who is this British girl? And she's so sassy, but she looks really fun. And we never actually... I don't think met until, or even, I mean, you might've had a conversation, which I can't recall, but until the end of that year, when we started, um, rushing a a sorority, uh, at Stanford. Yeah. So that photo has gone down in infamy, much to my dismay. (laughs) It has haunted me through my life. You did it to yourself. Which is now hilarious that this is your first impression of me. Cause at the time I would say it was like pretty accurate. Things have moved on since then. Um, but yeah, I think we, and then we joined the same sorority spring of freshman year, but we didn't 
really because I was coming in with like two friends from my dorm and you know that stage when you get into a new group for the first time and you're kind of insecure so you just latch onto the people you know so I kind of latched onto the two people I was coming in with from my dorm so I didn't really meet Amanda until the fall of the next year I think um and we kind of like we might have hung out a little bit in the spring and we had like kind of vaguely figured out that we were both friendly people and then fall came around and we started to be friends and I remember we had one really fun night in the fall that we like went out and I was like oh yeah okay we're gonna be friends (laughs) and then Amanda got really sick and had to leave school for the rest of that term and then she came back in the winter of that year and then I got really sick and had to leave for all of that term so our friendship was like a bit delayed by that because like the the seedling of the friendship was crushed by the lack of any kind of contact for like six months um but then when spring of sophomore year came around then we started spending a lot of time together and became like actual friends i think Mm -hmm. yeah so meeting a lot of people who are similar to you but obviously you're here today with each other Mm. um and when you think about like the wider pool of your friends from different walks of life um amanda let's start with you when you think about camilla is there any one thing that makes her unique to you and maybe what do you admire the most about her as a person? I think there's, there's several things that I admire about Camilla and they've kind of grown each over the years and I've gone to see them kind of manifest in different ways. But one that has kind of remained steadfast, at least in my mind, is her incredible loyalty that she has to the people that she cares about. Um, and it's displayed through many different ways, but it starts off kind of you know, if she's has your back, she has your back. And that kind of comes through with, um, you know, maybe a girl that's not being nice or even a boy that's not respecting you or it's your schoolwork and you need help with something. She's kind of always there to support. Um, and that kind of just traces through and has traced through uh, all every year of our friendship, which is really nice. Um, so when I was going through a tough breakup, but then got back together with my now husband, who at the time was my boyfriend, she kind of, she stood by me, um, and always kind of encouraged me. And then when I was going through something with my career and professional life, she was there to help and and provide guidance. So I think it's, it's this loyalty, but it's also this just, um, unwavering support that, that she gives, um, always. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Sweet. I'm glad that comes across. Is that a tear I see <laughs> eight minutes in well done yeah. <laughs> nailed it so your but, turn to make Amanda cry oh yeah um well I mean you mentioned in the intro that Amanda is my weirdest friend and we say that um with a lot of love and I think what that kind of leads into for me is Amanda is is unapologetically herself and she has uh an amazing way of enabling everyone else to just be themselves as well. So I've never found with Amanda that I've had to put on any kind of front or hide how I'm feeling for better or worse. (laughs) Um, And she was one of the first people, because I mean, we met when we were relatively young, like 18, 19. She was one of the first people I was like, wow, I don't have to try with this person. I can just be who I actually want to be. And she not only accepts me, but like loves me for all of my faults and everything and it's because she's so weird that she acknowledges that in in everyone else and and lets them kind of do that and she is completely non-judgmental and she will support you in whatever decision whether it's weird or makes sense because 
she just she just accepts people, which I think is a pretty rare thing. That's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so you guys became close in college and that meant spending almost every day together and certainly living together. Um, But uh, talk us a little bit about what it's been like post-college when you've been living um, across country and now um, across the Atlantic Ocean. Um, Yeah, so we when we graduated from college, most of our friends moved up to San Francisco and Amanda was among the few who moved straight away. So she moved to New York right away. So we had to kind of acclimatize to this long distance relationship thing at first. Um, and then I moved to London two years ago. And so actually, I mean, it's about an equal amount of long distance now as it was then. So that hasn't really made that much of a difference. Um, but I mean, I think even having you like back in London for these few months, it, it does show that there's some difference in a relationship when you're long distance versus having you right here now and you're able to, not every conversation is a catch up and it's just actually like, you know, you can spend that quality time, be annoyed at each other and have it be no big deal. Right. I think it's, it's something fun about, um, yeah, having the ability to just, yeah, not have that be a huge catch up. Uh, and having to like plan like it's an actual relationship because it takes it does take work and so finding especially with the the time difference five hours um, usually uh, it, it was difficult so we'd have to kind of say all right this is the time that we're doing this and we're gonna book it and put a meeting on the calendar for an hour and so it's really nice just to have that organic conversation without not that it's forced but knowing that we want to catch up and just having it be a little bit more of a, of a, of a banter, if you will. <laughs> a little bit of a banter. A little bit of a crack. We should pause at this point. Camilla, would you like to explain Amanda's accent? <laughs> so, yeah. So this accent comes from an e- equal place of love and hate for me. <laughs> um, Amanda is quite a theatrical person, so really reveled in the fact that she now had a British friend who she's, she, whose accent she could adopt. Um, and so she and a couple other of our friends do this like weird, uh, vaguely Pygmalion-esque <laughs> accent, um, which now is really done almost unintentionally. And since she li- has lived in London, it's gotten um, even even more exciting. Tell us about a time that's maybe been a bit tougher in your friendship and what kind of happened there. You want me to go first? Okay. Um So I don't know if Amanda and I will have the same answer to this question, but for me, the most difficult part of our friendship was full quarter junior year when she and I were living in this suite. And it was basically just the two of us. Like we had, we were living with other people, but it was her and I that were close friends. And then these other people were, we weren't so close with. Um, And Amanda was going through a really tough time because she and her then boyfriend had broken up, um, and they had been together since high school, so this was, like, a very entrenched relationship. They had broken up, they didn't really know what the future held, and they had decided that it was going to be best for them to, like, try going it alone and, like, you know, doing their own thing for a bit. Um, But it caused them both a lot of strife, and they talked throughout the breakup, so they were on Skype, on the phone, talking to each other about what was going on in their lives. In hindsight, not smart. In hindsight, not the best way of handling that situation. Um, But I could see what it was doing to Amanda and how hard it was for her. And like going back to what Amanda said, 
um, about me being supportive and loyal and all that sort of thing. Like I, I took it upon myself to like be defensive of her because I could see that like it was really hard on her and I wanted to give her advice and I wanted to help her. And I, it started to be super emotionally draining for me because I would try to give her advice and she wouldn't listen to me or, and then I stopped giving advice and I started to feel alienated from her. And it was just hard because of the type of friend I am to see my friend suffering and not being able to do anything about it. So that was a little bit isolating for us both, I think, because I think Amanda got a bit frustrated with me and I got a bit frustrated with her and it was tough. And it sounds like with that, you kind of went through this process of like giving her advice that you could as a friend and then, you know, wondering at what point you it's best for you to step off. Like, how did you handle sort of deciding at what point you should maybe force your advice versus withdraw it? How did I handle it? Not well, um, I would say. I think I, at the time... I I was, um, I felt like a bit rejected by the fact that like, she didn't want to take my advice. And so then I was like, well, you know, screw this. Like, then I'm going to stop giving advice. And I took it quite personally that like, she wasn't listening to me where I've learned since then that like, oftentimes you actually can't give your friends that kind of advice, no matter how much you love them. Like these are things that people need to come to on their own. And in our friend group, we talk a lot now about instead of trying to give your friend advice, just holding a mirror up to them and reflecting back to them what they say to you. And instead of saying, I think you should be doing this, you just say, I hear from you that this is happening just so that you're aware of that. So that has been an interesting evolution for me. I didn't handle it very well at the time. And that's why I think it was like a tough point in our relationship. But it sounds like you had to learn from that process. And obviously like so many friends go through this kind of thing. And it's as much about learning the most effective way to support your friend as it is, you know, going through something tough. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think just for me, especially because I am like intense when it comes to my loyalty to my friends and like being protective of them and wanting to support them and and fighting their battles for them to an extent that like I took it really hard that I couldn't do that yeah I mean (laughs) it was it was definitely a tough time for me um you know I it was also one of the most formative periods in my relationship with the boyfriend now husband um that actually made it so we could move on it was that it was the cold to our hot that made it um, that we were able to finally arrive at that decision that, oh yeah, we want to be together. But Camilla was just, again, this in my corner the whole time. And it was tough because again, like I needed to deal with these issues and kind of go through this on my own. Um, as much as I wanted to take her advice and I wanted to listen, there was just like this little voice being like, you can't give this up yet. Yeah. I think the other thing to note about that situation was like, we were, under a magnifying glass, like in a way, because we were, we were isolated. A lot of our friends had gone to study abroad. It was just the two of us living together. We didn't have that many other people to hang out with. So we were a bit codependent whilst all of this was happening. So it just meant that like the intensity of everything that was happening was magnified in a way that it wouldn't have been if Mm -hmm. we were not living together and had a lot of other friends. (laughs) True. Very true. Yeah. And I think And you have that kind of, you know, codependence, which can be a good and a bad thing in friendship. Like you feel a lot of your friend's pain. And in this podcast, we're talking about friendships and platonic friendships. But obviously with your friends, they experience their romantic turmoils. And to an extent, you kind of take on that pain and it can really impact you. And I think it's hard sometimes to know what pain you have to let your friend feel for it to be a growing experience. And what pain, like as their best friend, you can kind of alleviate. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, I also feel like that's been also part of the struggle with also being abroad and being separated from each other is you don't, you don't really want to talk about a lot of the good things. And sometimes there are bad things and you don't want to drain someone with, you know, 15, 20 minutes of just like complaining, but sometimes you need your friend to be able to talk through those painful moments. But I remember that there was a time when you were in in San Francisco and you were with this boy who was not good for you. And I didn't, wasn't really in on that. And I remember feeling really badly that I couldn't have been there for you during that moment, but not because you didn't want me to be there for you. It just, it wasn't, we weren't able to make that happen. It wasn't feasible for me to really be in the weeds with you in that relationship. So I just remember feeling this guilt yeah. that like, I couldn't be there for you for yeah, that. But that. That's the struggle of being a friend full stop, but being a long distance friend in particular, where yeah, I think it takes a lot of self-awareness as a friend to say, I don't have the full picture, so I'm not going to just tell you to do this. Yeah. But equally, as you say, that can lead to some guilt because you feel like you can't support them as much as you want to. And it sounds like you guys have both experienced both yeah, sides yeah. of that. And I think like the, uh, the thing with long distance is, I'm always very aware when talking to, like, now Molly and a couple of our other friends that are our long-distance friends now that Amanda's here for the summer. Um, But when Amanda and I were separated for a long time, too, is that you actually have the opportunity to craft your own narrative when you're talking to a long-distance friend because they're not there for the nuances of the everyday. And so when you catch up, you get to highlight the things that you want to highlight, the good or the bad, and sometimes it ends up being overly weighted on the good or overly weighted on the bad in a way that skews the picture for your friend. Whereas when you're not long distance friends, you get a more balanced picture just because you're talking in smaller chunks more often. So, I mean, that goes to what you were saying about when I was dating that guy in San Francisco, you know, you got some picture from me and from others that wasn't the whole picture, probably the same way that that happens you know, when, when you're talking about anything else going on in your life and that's what makes long distance relationships hard Yeah, is trying to present a balanced view of what's happening in your life. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You guys are in a temporary period where you see more of each other and you have that thing you were talking about earlier of like, it's not just catch up. It's like being part of each other's lives, which is, I can relate. I've had long distance friends too. Um, but when you are further apart, how do you handle that in terms of continuing to be like, part of each other's lives on a regular basis rather than just having like catch-ups. I mean, I think it's, well, what's actually really nice is, um, we have this, uh, playlist on Spotify that we started, I guess, probably like six or seven years ago at this point, like right as we graduated and we have it, um, with some of our other friends as well. Um, but me, Camilla and uh, another one of our friends are really the curators. Um, but it actually has kept us in constant communication, um, we add songs continuously to this playlist. And so we're kind of always listening to the same thing. So it gives us this other, uh, channel of conversation where it can be like, Oh my God, did you see what I added? Oh my God. I love that song, Camilla. That's awesome. And it kind of is this way that when we get back together, we're all caught up in the same lyrics and we both, we, we love music. So having that kind of connection has been a really fun way to keep in touch, like Spotify, who knew? Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's something that you can talk about that's not like the facts of your life, but you have in common. And it's just been, yeah, it's been so nice to just have that other thread to our friendship, I think. Um, I love that. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's like, the, that's, really one, that's one little thing. Collaborative playlist on Spotify, guys. Yeah, absolutely. And we also, we schedule time to actually cleanse the playlist when it gets too long. <laughs> and we go through each one and we're like, oh my God, but I love this. Or like, this brings such, like back such good memories. And it's also, it's just, it's a, it's another fun way to, to keep in touch. Totally. We get to have a little party once a quarter. I know. Listen it's to really... all our favorite songs. I love it that it's scheduled to once a quarter. It literally is. <laughs> it ends up not being And that. we have, it's a Google Hangouts. Like yeah. one of us is the one that 
cleans. The other I mean, one yeah. plays the music. The other one just dances. Yeah. It kind of like switches yeah. <laughs> between you. Assigned roles. We're not anal. <laughs> we, we've talked a bit through other things about advice you've given each other, ways you've supported each other through tough times. But I think lots of people can relate to the fact that with your friends, sometimes there's one piece of advice that you constantly give them and you feel like they maybe don't take or one piece of advice that you haven't given them that you would if you felt able. So to both of you, if there was one piece of advice you could give your friend, what would it be? Um, Well, I would tell Amanda to stop spending so much money on expensive manicures. (laughs) (laughs) I have not gotten a manicure or pedicure once since I've been out here. Only because you haven't found the right salon. Amanda once made me go get a manicure. That was a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) We went to go get a manicure in New York. She pitched it to me by showing me the Instagram page, which did look cool. A little off brand for me, but cool. Um, Weirdly enough, there were no prices on the Instagram page. So we go to the studio and we end up spending like $150 on this like shitty nail art and I was like I'm I, was so, I was so unhappy with what I got Camilla's was so cute and I could not believe that I didn't realize that but I've since figured out better better manicure places but they're so expensive in London I think I'm they're like, expensive in New York it's too. not it's $12 manicures in New York mm-hmm. and here it's like 25 what, pounds for your nail reflective sparkly nails <laughs> those are $20 you know what I li- I'm a girl who likes what she wants she like she sees what she likes gets it and you know what I'll spend a little extra money as long as my nails are sparkly and pink Fair. Um, what would you advise Camilla um, well, I had a serious advice too. Oh, okay, go tell me your serious advice. <laughs> okay, my more serious. She gets what she wants. <laughs> my more serious piece of advice: back yourself. Um, which I think I've told you. Oh, did we? Did we talk about this already? Anyway, um, it's just the idea that you need to like. It can be a positive or a negative thing, right? But you need to kind of believe in yourself. And I think for Amanda, she's so smart and she's so capable and she can do whatever she sets her mind to, but she doesn't necessarily, like she, she overanalyzes things too much and that gets in her way a little bit. So I would just want her to just like back herself a bit more and just like go for it. 28 years of just overanalyzing everything. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to change, but I hear you. I'd love to make that a reality. I agree. Um, I guess if one piece of advice for Camilla, and this was actually tough because normally I do tell her her advice and I think we take each other's advice pretty consistently. Um, we, I think we're both pretty rational and reasonable, but I would say maybe take care of things when they are presented an issue instead of waiting a little bit longer to take care of them. Um, first example, and maybe my only one is, um, Percival. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) So I visited Camilla last year, um, and I stayed with her in her apartment and I was sleeping out or or, excuse me, her flat. I'm sorry. Still, still the lingo. Um, and her flat is absolutely beautiful. And, uh, day two, come, I come back from, um, doing a berries as she forced me to do. And there was like a odd smell in the room. And Camilla was like, what's that smell? She was like, oh, we, you know, we just worked out. That's probably what it is. And I was like, I don't think so, but okay. And we took a shower and it still smelled. The windows open because it was, it was quite a hot summer, mm-hmm. uh, last summer. Um, and, uh, she was like, oh, I think it must be just the cafe down, downstairs. And it just kept smelling and worse and worse for two or three days. And, you know, I finally come back and I say, Camilla, something smells. And I have like a weird smell thing. Like I can actually, I'm a, I'm a really good, um, my olfactory sense is heightened. Um, and so I've always had a really good sense of smell. And I was like, Camilla, I've narrowed it down to this area of the room. You go there. I'm not figure it out. She was like, it'll take care of itself. I was like, fine. And I slept on it like another night, four nights go by. 
And finally, I tell her again, I say, I'm not sleeping another night. Something smells in this apartment. And we go and we look, and I hope suddenly I hear Camilla go, Amanda, it's a shit. <laughs> it's an actual shit. And I go, what do you mean it's a shit? She goes, there's a shit on the ground. And I'm laughing so hard. And we go through all the possible things. Okay, it's too small to be a human shit. It's too big to be this. Okay, if it was a fox that jumped in the window, they would wreak more havoc in this apartment. So there's no chance it was a fox. And we landed on that it must have been this, like, stray cat that came in, saw a towel that resembled some kind of, like... Litter box. Litter box. Like, took a shit. And then <laughs> and then, and then jumped out, like, unnoticed. And um, finally, she took care of it. And she took care of it. No, she took care of it. And then as I walked out and left... Um, for that trip, we saw a little ginger cat, and we named him Percival because he is very mischievous. Very. <laughs> so, we are going to finish with a quick fire round, which I'm sure is everyone's forte. So, one sentence answers always very easy to do. Mm-hmm. Amanda, looking at you. <laughs> Fingers on buzzers. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, what is your funniest memory with Camilla, Amanda? I'd say. Um, the time that we both screamed again on the way to Chipotle as we heard Feel This Moment by Pitbull and Christina Aguilera for the first time. I said the exact same thing. Yes! <laughs> and it was so ridiculous because we were, we, we like wear out songs when we hear them for the first time. Anyway, so we heard the song and we both at the very end screamed again just to play it again and we played it like 10 times in a row that day. And we just like stayed in the car just so we could listen to the song like driving around. We drive around campus. And then, like, this has become a thing that, like, when we find a song that we really like, we just turn to each other and go, I can! <laughs> Amazing. So is that both of yours? Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Fingers on buzzers. What is a funny or annoying habit they have that they're not aware of? Um, well, you're aware of the fact that you steal food off of people's plates. <laughs> but, but, but besides that, um, I'd say that when Camilla gets tipsy or dare I say a little bit, uh, turnt, she gets fully like glossy eyed and just wanders. And so I almost have to keep her on her leash. Cause all of a sudden I'll look at her and I'll be talking I'm like, huh, Camilla, what, where did she go? And she'll be like across the room, like doing something else. So I think that you're like a wandering drunk. That's probably my answer. Uh, oh yes, that's right. I, I know, oh my I God. know this though. Amanda's most annoying habit and the thing that like really makes me think she's part Neanderthal is that <laughs> when food hits the table in a restaurant, Amanda barely waits for the waiter to put it down before she's like got her fork in the communal I'm dish. a growing girl. I love my food. I'm just saying it's not the Hunger Games. Like we don't have to scrap for a little Did you pieces. grow up with two older brothers that would always <laughs> I have to hide my food? No. I grew up with two younger sisters, which was just as bad. So <laughs> I'm Thanks just saying... It gets under my skin every time, and I try not to lecture her about it, so thank you for this opportunity. Oh, wait. Actually, I did want to show Camilla a quick picture and just hear your reaction about it. Oh, my. Why did you do that? <laughs> so I just had to show Camilla a picture of just a banana peel because another one of Camilla's weird habits is she, hate fruits, she hates fruit peels. I'm legit going to have nightmares now. <laughs> yes, I took a picture of this the other day just to show you. I think we should have rephrased the question, how could you ruin this person's day with one photo? Yeah. <laughs> yeah <exactly>. <laughs> Um, imagine if the two of you were cast away on a desert island, how do you think you would fare? Horribly. Amanda would lose her head and probably like do something idiotic resulting in her imminent death. And I would be the level-headed one, like trying to balance her out and find a way off the island. I just think we would have two different approaches to survival. Yeah. Yours would be frantic and mine would be logical. 
we're not going to get another argument because this will become the most tense part of our friendship here on this day. <laughs> so this moment, right now. moment, this minute, instantly. <laughs> So guys, thank you so much again for coming on. It's been amazing to hear all of your stories. Um, this has been Between Friends with Eleanor and Christina, and we will see you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs> Love it. So we should probably start with a disclaimer. Um, Camilla is actually our sister, the third member of the triad. So fair to say we know her very well. But nevertheless, um, I don't know about you, but I found that so revealing. And it actually shows that Amanda knows her in a whole different way than we do, even though we probably all know her equally well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was interesting to see the traits that Amanda identified in her that was just completely true and completely consistent and then kind of some other sides that I maybe hadn't really thought about and um, one of the ones I thought was interesting was Amanda kind of describing the way that Camilla's very strong in the advice that she gives and she's very um, like secure in how she feels and it's I'm the youngest of um the three sisters and I think I've kind of always thought that as like a older sister role of of course she's giving me this advice she must be right she's older but hearing it in a friendship dynamic it's interesting because you know not that we're not equals but on a way you know friends are more equal in that kind of dynamic but still Camilla is so passionate in the way that she kind of like sees things that are right and you know that's such a powerful thing sometimes but it was also interesting to see how that has impacted their friendship and it also comes across really strongly in terms of the way that they just talk to each other like I think you can tell how close they are from that they're so blunt with each other and um you know they were in a like jokey way calling each other on like you can be stubborn you can be um you know crazy and I think all of us have a few people that we can be that honest with uh and not many and it's a really special thing to observe in a friendship um but it also I think I don't know if you agree but it really resonated for me with the point um, Camilla was making about I can completely be myself around Amanda and that comes from the fact that they accept each other their you know flaws and their strengths and it really made me think of you know friends that I have where I can be completely myself and you almost don't realize until you meet them that you haven't been being yourself with other people yeah and I think it's interesting to kind of identify that point because so many of the interviews we've had we say you know was there a defining moment or when did you know you're gonna be friends and a lot of the answers are we don't really know it kind of happened but I think identifying that it's it's a funny way of realising that with so many people, depending on what environment you're in, you portray a sense of yourself or you're holding something back a bit all the time. And yeah, on my hand, I can count the number of people and almost the moments when you're like, shit, I can Mm. actually do whatever, be in whatever situation and they'll not be surprised. They'll know me. And I think, yeah, highlighting that was really cool. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Friends. If you enjoyed this episode, please spread the word as it really helps other people to find us. You can email us on talk.betweenfriends at gmail.com or slide into our DMs on Instagram at betweenfriendspod. Thanks as always to our guests for sharing their story and to everyone who helped us produce this episode and a special thanks to Harry Nicholson who composed our wonderful jingle. And finally, thanks to you, our listeners. 
Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's been amazing to hear so much about your history and why your friendship has endured. And that is the end. <laughs> <laughs>